Welcome to Nurture Small Business, creating a thriving space with your host, Denise Kagan. Denise is the president of DCA Virtual Business Support and has been a business owner for almost 20 years. DCA Virtual Business Support provides small businesses with an expert pairing of virtual administrative and marketing assistance to match your needs. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Charlotte Reed is the Chief Visionary Officer at Reed Rodell, an internationally reputed event design firm based in Washington, D.C. She is an interior designer and planner who ran her own residential and commercial design firm for over a decade before merging talents with Anthony Rodell. Ms. Reed incorporates over 25 years worth of diverse experience from public affairs marketing, interior design, logistics, and bespoke event design into her work. She has executed VIP-level events for members of Congress, the mayor of Washington, D.C., and other dignitaries. In her spare time, Ms. Reed was inspired to create Living is Giving, which provides support to communities in Ghana, West Africa. She is very involved in and passionate about anti-racism leadership and working to defeat systemic racism. She currently serves on two boards focused on young people and education, truancy prevention, and social justice. These are Access Youth and the Williams Franklin Foundation, which gives scholarships to deserving students at HBCUs. Welcome to the show, Charlotte. Thank you, Denise. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It is such a delight to have you on here. We um, we had a great pre-conversation and I learned a lot about you. Um, but before we jump into talking about your business and the things I learned, I'd actually like to hear a little bit more about the mission of the nonprofits that you're involved in. Oh, absolutely. I'm very passionate about these amazing organizations. They're both D.C.-based. Uh, the first board that I serve on is Access Youth, and we really spend our energy on the underserved youth in Ward 7 and 8, focusing specifically on truancy prevention, reducing juvenile arrest and using mediation as an alternative to suspension. Our success has been spread throughout some of the other districts in D.C., and it is just an amazing program supporting young people. And the second is the Williams Franklin Foundation, and that organization works tirelessly to raise funds to provide scholarships for the best and brightest at our HBCUs around the country. So I'm very proud of both of those organizations and seeing the growth over these last few years. Fantastic. That is such a great nonprofit and great area to work in. So thank you for your efforts in those areas. Now, your business is in the event planning space and that space has been hit really hard with the pandemic. Tell me about the impact on Reed Rodell. The impact uh, this year has been tremendous. Um, the pandemic hit our live events industry really hard, and we learned basically every synonym for shutdowns, shuttered, silenced, you just, you name it. We learned everything about just completely going dark very quickly. Um, 95% of our events were canceled within a matter of weeks. So due to the government restrictions and not being able to gather in large amounts due to quarantine restrictions, it had a huge domino effect on our business, but specifically our partners as well, which was very painful. Our 
venues and hotels, caterers, entertainment partners, photographers, many of our friends and vendors uh, were tremendously impacted with their business going to zero. So seeing a lot of our colleagues hurt uh, was really, really a difficult transition for us. Oh, I'm sure just that devastation and not just what's going on to you, but seeing that really hit hard those that you work very closely with. When we were speaking earlier, though, you told me something that completely blew me away about service that you provided to your current customers, that 95% that, you know, whose events canceled. Tell me about that. Yes. So one of the things that we saw, Denise, was that our clients were quickly going to panic level 100 because many of these nonprofits have one large event fund, one large event that is their largest fundraiser, brings in 90% of their cash flow for the year and helps them to operate and do amazing programs and impact work. And what we saw was they were calling us saying, listen, we've got to cancel this event but we really can't afford to not have an event. And they were panicked because there were fees involved with some of the cancellations. So for example, uh, venues have cancellation fees. Um, You know, lighting and design firms have cancellation fees. Many, many of the elements that we put into a building an event had to be unwound. And so we spent a lot of time helping them to get out of contracts rewrite contracts, but mainly without penalties, without financial stress, and without technically any injury to them. We wanted to make it as smooth and as seamless as possible. So we spent a lot of time going through all of their contracts, their subcontracts, and making sure that they could get out of the penalties because this was something we had never experienced before. No one had lived through a pandemic and it was you know, it was frightening for a lot of our our nonprofit folks who were dependent on these funds. So we spent a lot of time and energy on that, and we really could not charge. That's something that we just had to find the time and energy to do, whether it me- meant running it by our attorneys to make sure they could get out of certain parts of the contract. We spent a lot of time just making sure that they were protected, unwinding this event and taking out all of the elements. So imagine... All the ingredients that went into that, we had to pull those out one by one and really isolate them and make sure that the burden was not on the nonprofits. Absolutely. So I have done some events before, and I know the tremendous amount of work and the number of vendors you work with from those supplying beer or wine or liquors bartenders, ice sculptures. I mean, people don't think about those things, but those are all different vendors, you know, your linens, your decor, all of that, the florist. So I understand that. What I found most amazing about what you just said, though, is that you guys found the time and energy and basically did this at your expense because it was the right thing to do. So you guys totally blew me away. When you said that, I was, that is customer service on steroids. And honestly, I think all businesses should approach it that way. I don't know that everybody in the panic of what happened did approach it that way. Well, I think, Denise, for us, it's all about the relationship. So our clients depend on us to 
put things together beautifully. But when, you know, when things don't go well, it's also our job to protect them as much as we can. Like we want, we wanted to do the events. We wanted them to make, you know, more money and, and, and fundraise and meet their fundraising goals, but it, it could not happen because of all the restrictions with the pandemic. So it is not only the right thing to do, but what's critical for us is these relationships are, whether they were short-term or long-term, it's the relationships and the people that matter in these organizations because the money will come and you will get other clients. But if you don't treat your current clients well, that is the most critical in, in really nurturing what you have in front of you. That's really, really important for us. Absolutely. And in the case of nonprofits, those are generally annual events. So it's a little bit different than working with, you know, say a wedding, even though I'm quite sure your level of customer service was the same. So can you speak a little bit to your, the wide variety of clients that you have? Sure. So we did have to cancel a few weddings, do everything from nonprofit events, political fundraisers, big birthdays, weddings. Uh, we do a lot of uh, destination events out of the country, weddings, destination weddings, and big birthdays out of the country. Do a lot of private events. So we have many clients that we just do dinner parties for or we're regular they entertain quite a bit and we handle all of their regular entertaining, whether that's having a private chef and florals and doing beautiful decor for private events. We have a lot of clients that we basically do all of their events, whether it's their holiday party, their kid's birthday party. We handle basically everything and have a relationship and are able to build on that relationship and 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 continue to add events as we get to know them and as they get to know our level of excellence, we, we're able to build on that relationship. So the, it's, it's really a wide variety of events that we do. We've been asked to do everything. And it's, it's just, it's exciting because you never know. We also do business launches. We've done bar mitzvahs, lots and lots of interesting things and some private, really private events that are just special and intimate for family, whether it's an adoption ceremony or something like that. So we, we really get an interesting bird's eye view into people's personal lives. And we're blessed to be that close to their, their, their important milestones. Absolutely. And that's just a testament to how you create relationships within your company. I think I'm going to rebrand you from an event company <laughs> to a relationship company. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. All, all businesses really should be, Denise, as you know, it is all about relationships because when things get tough, people call you after the, the tough times pass because of the relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about how your business has shifted since, you know, COVID has started. Sure. Well, one of the biggest things, of course, is that uh, events have gone online. Lots and lots of virtual events started popping up. You know, we learned a lot of new acronyms. Everyone didn't know what Zoom was. And it's like, now it's, you know, there, we have 80 year old clients, 90 year old clients that know what Zoom is. And, you know, it has really changed the game. So the virtual landscape has, has opened up a field of opportunities for many, many clients because they're still able to connect with people and fundraise and do things virtually. Uh, so that's really been one of the biggest shift um, because we can't gather in person. So people have had to be really creative and find ways to do 
virtual calls that are exciting. We've learned to add super interesting uh, entertainment elements, whether that's a DJ, a poet, you know, paint and sip. There's all different things that we've done online just to help bring virtual events to life because generally they're a little they're a little more flat than obviously an in-person event. So we really had to find ways to make them more colorful and interesting. But virtual is the biggest shift we've seen across the industry in live event space and beyond, obviously. But it's really, that's the biggest shift. So two questions come from that. One is, do you have a favorite platform? I know you mentioned Zoom. And then secondly, do you feel like this is going to be the future of the events? So I don't really have a favorite platform per se. It really depends on the event, Denise, and the need. Zoom is just the easiest that we've seen that most people know how to navigate. So in business and personal, we've seen that that works best because people know how to do it. They figured out how to plug in a code and a password, but it took a little while to help people figure that out. So I think that's just the one that most people are comfortable with. So that's just an easy, easy one to use depending on the level of difficulty of the event or the sophistication, I should say, of the, um, of the AV needs. Uh, And then your second question was, will this be the future of events? Yes. I would say 100%. I think that virtual events will have a place in events going forward just because we've learned that there's a further reach. You can, you know, do an event in California and get, participants on the East Coast or, you know, as far away as Europe or Australia for certain events. We've seen clients able to do them in multiple time zones very effectively. So that's one of the things that I think will be a part of the future events. But I also know that once we are able to safely gather, we will be gathering again because people crave the human connections and they're really an integral part of life. So we have to have that connection and there's nothing that replaces being in person with people, being able to hug someone, to toast someone, you know, the clink of the glasses, opening champagne, like that's a really, those are just moments that are hard to recreate virtually, even in the best circumstances with the biggest budget. It's just something is missing when we're not in person. Oh, absolutely. When all this social distancing and shutting down hugs were the thing I miss the most, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, that connection, as you said, you don't get that in Zoom. Even though I've had some really great (laughs) Zoom, you know, like happy hours with my friends just because. Sure. So, yeah, no, I I get what you're saying. But to, to your point, the virtual events do have a further reach. I mean, I host a networking event each month and I regularly get people you know, from Chicago or California in it. So you're right. It does, it does have that capability and it could be more than just across time zones. It could be global if I chose it to be, but I I do tend to focus it here (laughs) in the U S. So the reach is the reach is really the sky's the limit with virtual events in that realm. You do get more reach, but it is, you know, you just want to make sure it's all about your target audience. So you want to make sure you're getting the right people on your calls, whatever that, whatever your target audience is. I agree. And I actually, I have had some challenges with that. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm sure there's been tons of lessons that you have learned through this whole process of unwinding and then going virtual. And as I understand, you're easing back into events right now as the restrictions are starting to be lifted a bit. But what are those lessons? What are some of those lessons? I think the biggest lesson for us, Denise, is we've got to trust what we know. And many people, when the pandemic hit, would text me and say, oh, you know, we know events aren't, aren't going right now, but you can do this or you should pivot and do this. And the pivot became my least favorite word for a while because everyone was like, pivot and you should do. Everyone had these great ideas. I said, yeah, that's not really what we do. So trust and believe whatever you're good at and whatever you are subject matter expert, stay within that realm. You know, everyone has great ideas, but that was the one thing people were like, you guys could do this. And we're like, that's not what we do. And that's not what we want to do. So we can do it, but that's not what we want to do and waste energy and time on that. So I would say, you know, stay in your lane and stick with what you're great at. And that was one of the biggest lessons. The other one is that, you know, we, I learned to be basically a gymnast, a therapist and a priest very quickly because I had to remain super flexible. And as a therapist, I had to be a great listener, problem solver when, when necessary, and a priest because you have to be forgiving when people are like sharing their stories and their woes and some of the things you're like, that's really a first world problem. That's not really a big deal, but you really have to be patient and just say, okay, I hear you. I understand. Let's move this along. Or, okay, that's the fact that you're, you know, Costco delivery was delayed. Not really a big issue. Let's move it along. So, you know, sometimes you just really have to laugh with your clients and just say, you know, I get it, but let's, let's get back to what matters. And that's one of the biggest lessons is, is this pandemic has taught us focus on what matters, focus on doing what you can, being flexible and really, really being generous and forgiving because everyone is going through something and you really don't know what people are dealing with inside of their homes and in their personal lives, adjusting to the pandemic. So those are some of the biggest lessons is just, you know, lead with grace, lead with authenticity, authenticity, and uh, just be really, really generous with your time and your forgiveness. I agree wholeheartedly. And I don't know if you saw me, but I was chuckling when you were talking about pivot. It is absolutely one of my least favorite words as well. It got so overused so quickly. I I started telling my team when we were writing copy, I was like, take that word out, take that yes. word out, yes. use, use a synonym, use something else. Yes. Find another word. It started to become, become offensive because people were suggesting things. And I'm like, well, let me tell you, if you're an attorney, I'm not going to tell you to pivot to something that's completely out of your realm of expertise. So I appreciate the help, but yeah, it just, it has a different meaning for people that had to find ways to do something differently. We knew we had to do that based on what our clients needs were. So we did it, but we were flexible and managed the change in a different way without using the P word. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. So what is your most memorable event that you've ever done? Wow. That's a good question. Denise, you know, wow. What's my favorite? I would say it's really pieces of different events. Like there's some really fun events we've done, some really intimate events we've done, and it's really pieces of events. So it's a birthday party in Brazil when we had 
a flash dance mob come in and surprise the the birthday boy. And we yeah. had dancers and we've had beautiful fireworks over a beach in Dominican Republic. There's certain things, just elements of different events that have just combined, really make a special event. But I really don't have a favorite. I just think all events are have a special element and there's always something I take away from each event. Like, wow, that was really cool. And that was a special moment. And, you know, we, we're just blessed to be around people when they're celebrating great moments and we create those moments and we're just, we have access to seeing things that are really intimate. So I think that is probably my favorite part of it. It's just different elements with that elements of surprise when we bring something in that the clients aren't expecting or something that's an added bonus that they weren't expecting. That's really my, some of my favorite moments within all of our events. That sounds amazing. If you wouldn't mind, share how our listeners can find you as we get ready to wind down. I, I want them to be able to reach out to you. Sure. Well, I think the best way for them to reach us is our website, and that is www.readreadrodell.com. So readrodell.com, best way to reach us. All of our links are there, all of our information, and we're happy to connect. Perfect. Charlotte, you have been a great guest. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Denise. I appreciate your time and looking forward to being on the other side of this uh, pandemic and having drinks. Yes, ma'am. I am so open to it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us for today's Nurture Small Business, Creating a Thriving Space podcast. Learn more about your host at dcavirtual.com or by emailing her directly at denise at dcavirtual.com.